Oh my god, what's up party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. As you know, you can find me at that handle on Blue Sky. Mm. And you can also find at Romancing Nancy on Blue Sky, thanks to a very nice listener who was like, here, please have an invite code since you keep handing them to other people. I do have one available. Um, this week's episode is about Last Dance, which is number 37 in the Nancy Drew Files series. So this is July 1989, which means technically one of the people that I'm fantasy casting for this week's episode. Yes, I'm back on my bullshit. Uh, wasn't even born yet, I think. I think. No judgment. It's fine. It's fine, you little, little one. Um, this one, the cover. Let's start with that. The cover, like the overwhelming color is black which makes sense because it's set at a dance club with some black lights um the cover does not have black lights damn it i know 1989 you were a different time um nancy of course is shown in the foreground last week she was giving us jillian anderson as dana scully in x-files this week she is handing us maggie lawson who which makes sense because maggie lawson played nancy drew in the like i don't want to say failed pilot it was turned into a tv movie it was cute um that's cute. She does good work. She's on psych. You know her. Um, but she's given that. She's given, like, more blonde this time. Got a big old grin on her face. Whereas last week she was like, I'm feeling kind of sulky because I don't want to die in a hang gliding accident. Again, fair. She is wearing a hot little Bob Mackie number. Oh, my God. Like, it's strapless gold lame with, like, the top has the interesting detailing going on. And then it's got, like, the... Like, it's got a mini skirt going on with also the high-low peplum thing happening. It is super 80s. Um, you should look it up if you are not familiar. But yeah, it's got, she's got some gold may happening. Like, she needs the big headdress to go full share, but she's she's on her way there. She does not wear this at all in the book. The cover artist was like, you know what? Fuck it. Bob Mackie. So, it's fine. But she looks like she's having a good time. Um, in the background, because there is no, like, it's kind of weird because they're as big as the medium ground characters would have been, is the two characters who are going to be taking up most of the space in this one. John, who I have fantasy cast, Alex Pettifer, um, and, who is British, and John is not British, so just adjust him to uh, the dipshit he played in Magic Mike, which I know you've seen. I know you've seen it. Just look up a picture of him from it and be like, yes, you're going to look like kind of soft-focused Steven Soderbergh. Yes, that. Um, and also, Lori, his... I don't I don't know if I'd use the word girlfriend. Y'all, y'all have a weird relationship. Um, Lori, of course, is in my head. I immediately went to Lori Strode from Halloween. So this means a, a, a little twink, Jamie Lee Curtis, is going to be playing Lori for this one. Little baby Jamie Lee Curtis. Of course, they're not the right age at the right time, but I don't fucking care because that's what fantasy casting is for. It's like fantasy football. Like you can you can cast dead people, right? I don't I don't even fucking care. <laughs> can you imagine? I'm gonna cast some people from the 1920s who knew how to bust some heads. Anyway, so in this book, the uh, as you know, um, the books are determined by first off, does George have a sport? which happens a lot more later. Um, we haven't really hit that stretch of the, these books yet. It happens occasionally. You remember the bicycle? Um, you're like, of course I do. Of course I do. Um, the other one is, um, Bess's libido. His, the driving force behind a lot of these books where Bess is like, I need you to come up and check out this hot guy that I'm about to climb like a redwood. And they're like, okay, hon, let's, let's watch you. Let's watch you climb him like a spider monkey. But that does not happen in this book. 
Bess is deeply sad about that, but she's like, but I'm still here for some mysteries. Um, and also like Carson's family friends. Nancy occasionally like pulls her own, but it's, it's very much like, oh, or it's Ned's friend or it's Bess's friend or it's anyway. This one is, um, George, um, and well, George is along with the ride. I was really fascinated by the fact that George dances with people in this one, but I like that the ghost writer left it vague because I'm going to be doing a lot of bullshit in this one. I need you to know that. Like, I've got some theories and I'm going to, I'm going to make it clear when what I'm talking about is my theory versus what actually happened. But I do want you to know that I've got some theories. Um, if you're into that, if you're not like buckle up, but anyway, so, um, they're at the club, which is called moves, which is so deliciously like vague where it's like, we're going to moves the dance club. We also run into this weird thing where like, okay, Nancy and her friends are 18. I don't think that's really established in the book because like sometimes I kind of hand wave it. Um, there's no liquor of course, which is always weird to me in these books. It's like, we're going to a dance club where they don't serve liquor, which okay, sure. I mean, everybody, you know, sure. But yeah, it does kind of, the vibe, the vibe is weird. They also serve like full meals, full ass meals. Like they have a chef and I was like, oh, okay, sure. Sure. There's, there's dance clubs like this because again, it's, it's an AC Drew book. Reality is what you make of it. It's like a video game. Um, Moves is a hot new dance club, which is run by a guy from Chicago who is named John Villiers, who again is going to be played by Alex Pettifer. So I'm going to be referring to him probably as Alex throughout, but Alex, John, John Alex, Jalex. <laughs> Jalex, which Bess is like, I love him. I want to have all of his children. I was like, Luke Perry, maybe, but no, I've, Alex Pettifer is giving the right vibe um, for what I've got in mind later. Um, he's in the DJ booth spinning some tunes and Bess is like, look at him. I want to have all of his children or at least some of them, some percentage, some percentage of those babies. And Nancy and George are like, uh-huh. Like they look at him, they're like, he does look, he's got, he's got the movie star charisma. He does. But he's also like muscular, but like lean and also like not super tall. Like anyway, he's cute, but he's like not giving like, he's not Ned. Ned is the pinnacle of all masculine achievement in these books. You you understand that. You know this. You know this. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm giving myself away. Ned does appear in this book, as opposed to last week, which disappointed me greatly. Um, so, they meet him. Like, he comes in. Okay. They don't actually meet him first. Well, who they meet is Laurie, who, again, um, by a fae, Jamie Lee Curtis. Laurie has dark hair, so just put a wig on her. Um... So she comes over, apparently, Nancy and Laurie, Laurie, who you've never heard of before, Laurie also did not appear in the Nancy Drew Files, um, I was gonna say Halloween special, but that does actually make some sense, high school reunion episode slash book, where Wendy invited everybody to her pool home so that they could all be tormented by Patrick, yeah, I'm giving everything away. Yeah, she does not appear in that book. Now, because, again, the ghostwriters didn't really need to talk to each other. And there, I don't think that there was any, like, official Bible that went into that much detail. They are not, like, completely bonkers like I am. I would have a document with everybody's name listed and some, like, you know, general specifications. Anyway. So, Laurie's not in that book. This is the first time we're meeting Laurie. And, of course, they're like, oh, our old friend Laurie, of course, who we are seeing in this book and we will never see again. Um... Lori has eyes only for Jalex and is like, I'm gonna, I am gonna climb that redwood. We're dating. And they're like, 
Girl, congratulations. We love it. Apparently, Nancy and Lori had such similar preferences and things that they had a crush on the same guy in the sixth grade. As you know, canonically, Nancy and Ned had not yet met, so it's okay for, yeah. Also, anyone in the books who doesn't have a crush on Ned, I'm like, are you sure that you have a pulse? Even Ace people are like, I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying this view. I'm not saying I'm going to do anything with it. I'm saying I'm enjoying it. Um... So they had a crush on the same guy. They also both have Mustangs, which are apparently the same model year. One is supposing, although as you know, um, Nancy's would be a 1986 Ford Mustang GT convertible blue, which was not that hot. I was deeply sad when I looked it up and I was like, what does a 1986 one look like? And the answer is no, (laughs) not here for it. No judgment. Those of you who are like, I'm an enthusiast. It's cool. You can be an enthusiast. I am not. So they have the same model year Mustang, except for Lori's is red. Um... You know, just like a lot of, um, they almost, I think they did wear the same dress to a country club dance once because they are in the same circles. Um, but anyway, so Lori's like, yes, I love him. He's great. We just met. And then they're like, yes, of course. Again, you're 18 year olds, your libidos, best, just everywhere. Best, of course, is deeply sad. She's like, I love him, but it's okay. Lori's a good person. She can have him for now. I will find somebody else. And, like, some other rando from their class is like, hey, Bess, come dance. And she's like, hell yeah, let's do this. Bess is going to get some. She is not overly concerned about, like, anything other than maybe have you been HIV tested recently. That's going to be up there on the list. Anyway, so, um, John comes over and... The thing that happens is that, like, Nancy sees Lori's ex-boyfriend, who she apparently broke up with not long before she started dating Jalex. Um, now Jalex is stuck in my head as, like, a legit thing, which is not gonna be good for me later. Um, anyway, Adam is, like, mad as hell. Like, he is deeply misogynist he's like oh my god can you believe that they're both trash like and i'm not actually really exaggerating that much like he's very much like they're trash and nancy's like um that's that's not how you win people back i'm just saying if you're interested in dating her in the future pro tip don't refer to her as trash just saying and he's like, I can't believe that she's with him. Look at him. Look at him. I hate him so much. And Nancy's like, I understand that. And you're making me deeply uncomfortable. I regret accepting your invitation to dance. I need you to go maybe what the opposite of meth. Whatever. Heroin. Just go do some heroin. Because <laughs> he's mad as hell. I don't even know. What the fuck? What the fuck drug would do this? Where you're like, I'm just going to be mad as hell. Anyway, he's that. He's that. Maybe he did some monster. Anyway. Um. So, the waitress who is named Pam comes over and she's like, what y'all want? Because, like, she sees Laurie and John together. And, like, again, everybody wants to climb up on this dick. Everyone. Everyone. And, again, he he looks like a little twink, but it's fine. Um, Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Um, But, anyway, so Pam comes over and she's like, what y'all want? And so, she, when she brings her food orders over, because, again, this is a club that serves, like, full meals... Um, dumps a soda into Lori's lap. Like, she tries to make it look like an accident. Like, oh, no. And, but she's clearly like, oh. (laughs) And everyone's like, wow, bitch. No one, like, confronts her over it or anything. Um. It's so weird. It's so weird. Um, yeah. So, 
Nancy's like, okay, why the fuck would they do that? And then she sees Adam, like, giving Pam some money. Like, there's an exchange of money. And Nancy's like, okay, did Adam pay Pam to come over and dump a soda on Laurie just to be a bitch? Like, again, he was saying that she was trash. Like, this seems like a thing he'd be into. So she's like, okay, this is weird. When they leave the club that night, which Laurie's like, I'm gonna, uh, John wanted to say hey or some shit. Um, anyway, but when they got to the car, Nancy's tires have been slashed. And Nancy's like, all four of them. Nancy's like, who the fuck was at the club that has a beef with me? Because again, we're in River Heights. The criminal element slash Elron is always waiting. But anyway, so John comes out of the club at that point. He doesn't have Laurie with him. I've got questions. And he's like, hey, um, what, what's up? And they're like, yeah, somebody slashed our tires. He was like, well, that's bullshit because he owns the club. He's like, that's, that's really bad. I don't like that. Let me take him. And the girls are like, hell yeah. Let's, yeah. Um, and so John, when he, he's like, hey, so you guys are old friends with Lori. And they're like, yeah. And he's like, do you think she would like flowers or candy better? And they're like, um, I don't. Uh, just whatever you, f- I think she'll be happy with whatever you feel like. So the thing is that Laurie is throwing a party at her house like the next day. And so she's invited Nancy and, and Bess and George. And she wants everybody to come. And it's kind of like a celebration of her love with John, I guess. Jalex. Um, so they're going to go, of course. But it's, he's like, I don't know. I, it seems to them like maybe he's apprehensive about meeting her parents. Like maybe that's the whole reason for this and blah, blah. And, but they also, like, it also feels kind of a little bit artificial, kind of like, what do you think she would like better? And they're like, I think, you know, just, just be yourself or whatever. And he's like, I don't know. So they take him home and Nancy's like, okay, so who, who do I have to, you know, yell out about this Mustang situation? So she calls Ned hilariously again this is 1989 so she can't actually get him on the phone so she's like i will leave him a message and so he calls her back and he's like well i suppose i can make time to take you to a party okay she's like okay we'll come pick you up so i think so i think they're gonna come pick him up it doesn't fucking matter they they carpool everywhere because nancy and ned are like if we're alone together we're going to attack each other like octopi and heat so there's that um so yeah, Nancy and her friends have to go find outfits for this party because Nancy needs to knock Ned's socks off slash all the rest of his clothing for reasons. So Nancy and her besties go to the mall where they run into Lori and they're like, hey girl, hey. And she's like, I was just picking up some stuff for the party slash some cute little outfits for me later. And they're like, oh, really? So she pulls out a dress and Nancy's like, I literally just almost bought that. We are still on the same wavelength, girl. But Lori is also feeling weird about like the the tire slashing happens and Lori is like apprehensive about John and she's like I want you to find out what's going on because like there's some there's something weird going on there's something weird going on and Nancy's like girl I'm on it you know me just the hint of a mystery and I'm like yes let me find out everything so yes weirdly enough like it sounds like Lori's outfit is probably pretty cute like it's a little blue dress which I'm here for a blue dress thanks to some headcanon. Anyway, um, Nancy and her friends pick out for Nancy a white blouse and skirt set with a black belt. And I was like, again, 1989. Okay, going monochromatic. I need to know some styling details other than that. Like, I need to know the kind of fit and everything because it's sounding not as ex- not nearly as exciting as that Mob, mob Mackie that you're rocking on this cover. But anyway, 
Um, they go to the party. Ned is with them, of course, looking hot. Um, taking a little bit of time off from his insurance job where he is selling insurance so that he can buy Nancy that engagement ring with all of his sweater and money. Just getting real sweaty selling insurance. Um, when, like, okay, Lori lives in a fucking mansion. And also later in the book, Lori calls Nancy to come over. And it, Nancy, it's a five-minute drive between their homes. So I was like, okay. And they're like, we're in the mansion part of River Heights. And I was like, Nancy, you are in the mansion part of River Heights. If you are not, then you are, like, mansion adjacent. For fuck's sake, girl. Because they try to make it clear in the books that, like, Nancy does not live in a mansion. But I'm like, she definitely lives much higher on the the scale than I ever did. Like, I was always aware of the class difference between me and Nancy Drew when I was reading these books. So, they go there. And, like, there's flowers and vases. It's, it's set up outdoors, of course. They've got, like, a big backyard for it. Um, it's They've got flowers and, like, big old cut, fresh cut flower arrangements and vases. They have waiters with silver trays walking around and high tops, like serving people hamburgers and hot dogs. Um, they have like a pavilion set up. Like it's just, I think there's going to be a band. I don't know. It's just bonkers. It's like rich people. She's having her, her own freaking sweet 16. Um, but everybody's out there and Lori's like, have you seen John yet? Oh my God. Um, because he's on the way and she's very nervous about him meeting her parents who I, her parents are probably at the party, but we don't fucking care about that. Um, Ned's with Nancy. So they get a dance together. Um, they do finally meet John and Nancy after they meet, after Ned has met John for the first time, Jalex, Nancy's like, Ned, what do you think of him? And that's like, he's not my type. And I was like, I, I do like, I think it's cute. I know it's a joke, but I think it's cute. Anyway. So they're dancing together, and then Nancy is like, I need to go brush my hair. I was like, Nancy uses that excuse a lot in the books. I was like, is this a thing that happens a lot when you're an adult? Like, that you need to just go, like, re-quaff? I don't know. Anyway, she's like, I'm gonna go brush my hair. I was like, just say that you need to use the bathroom, or whatever. I'm gonna powder my nose. She does not take her girlfriends with her. I was like, okay, see, so you know she's not going to the bathroom to go, you know, see if there's some oxy. She goes into the house and she's like, oh no, the downstairs powder room is occupied. I'm sure her parents will not care if I go upstairs because apparently she has been invited over before. Like, she's considered a close friend because, again, we're making up shit as we go along. When she overhears John in a room and he's like, I'll take care of it. And he sounds angry. And Nancy's like, I'll take care of her is what Nancy hears, and she's like, take care of whom? Because, again, Nancy's tires got slashed, and so she feels weird about it. She's like, I don't know how I pissed off. Elrond? Maybe Elrond was paroled? Maybe it's one of his minions. We do not know. But, um, so she overhears that, and she's like, sus? Feels sus? Um, I don't... I can't remember if his uncle pops up at that point or if his uncle pops up later. It doesn't matter. It's fine. I'm going to get everything out of order. You know me. So, um, the party is, you know, pretty decent. Um, I think that actually, like, John, Jalex, and Laurie set up a double date with Nancy and Ned because, of course, why would you not double date with Nancy and Ned? Because, oh my God. Yes. Anyway, so they set up a double date. When Nancy and Ned show up, Lori's there, and she's like, um, John's late, I don't know where he is, and so she calls the club, and the, she talks to Pam, and Pam's like, oh, he just left, um, but it takes, like, 45 minutes for him to get there, and when he, po when he shows up, he's wearing white jeans and a light yellow shirt and, like, a, I think a blazer, 
like a white blazer. And he's like, oh, I had to change my tire. And Nancy and Ned look at each other. And as soon as they're alone, they're like, yeah, I didn't fucking change a tire. There's no fucking way. There was not a speck on that very white outfit. Oh my God. Why are you lying? Just say what held you up. Anyway, sus, sus. So they keep going back to the club. Nancy decides the best way to get close to John and find out what the fuck's going on is to get hired as a waitress, as one does. Um, so she, <laughs> so she's working there. She is also told Ned. She's like, okay, so somebody. Oh, oh my god. Um, so somebody slashed Nancy's tires. There's the weird thing she ever heard John on the phone saying. She of course thinks that Adam could be like, if there's anything weird going on at the club, that that can be behind it. When Lori gets home that night after their date, she was like, oh, I'm gonna do. It was very weird to me because like they all had dinner and then Nancy and Ned, like Nancy's like, do you want to come inside? Ned's like, I have, um, I have to go. I promised my dad to do something. And I was like, cause y'all need to, y'all need to bang. Y'all need to bang. Anyway. Hope springs eternal, but then the next scene couldn't have happened. Um, or maybe it could have. Anyway, Nancy goes inside and Laurie calls her and she's like, oh my God, I need you to come over right now. I'm so scared. And so Nancy runs over there and she's like, hey, what's going on? Because somewhere between the time that they ended their double date and now, um, Laurie has gotten home. There's no one home. Her parents are out and somebody left a fucking noose on her front porch Nancy's like, I recognize this. It has the 13 twists. And I was like, I love that Nancy's like pouring over like witch mythology and also like murder weapons, like in her spare time. Like my child. Um, so yeah. So she's like, yes, hangman's noose. I'm very familiar. And Lori's like, who the fuck would have done this? And Nancy's like, good question. Who the fuck would, this is when Lori's like, I need you to find out what the fuck's going on. Um, there's no, like, I don't think there's any note attached. I don't think there is. There is, um, like, whenever Lori got that drink at the club that got dumped in her lap, um, when Pam brought it over, she did say, this is from John, and he says, with my compliments, and, like, there's another time that pops up that Nancy's like, something weird about this. Anyway, Nancy's like, is it possible that John, when he was 45 minutes late for your fucking date, um, drove over here and left this on your front porch? And Lori's like, why the fuck would he do that? Nancy's like, I don't fucking know. I don't know who the fuck, who, who else do you have shit going on with? Could Adam have done this? Could Pam, the one who dumped drink all on your lap? And Lori's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Can you please help me? And Nancy's like, well, we need to call the police because this is clearly a threat. Like people do... Because the first place that my mind went, of course, was fucking lynching. But, like, Lori's like, no, we can't do that. So she takes the fucking rope inside and burns it in the fireplace. She adjusts the flu. I was like, I like the eye to detail. Um, but Nancy's like, you're, no, you shouldn't be destroying evidence. As she calmly watches, she's like, no, stop, don't. Like, the Willy Wonka thing. And Lori's like, my parents can't know about this. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like it'd be okay if they did. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying maybe they would forbid her from seeing John because like clearly he's white. Tra- no, it's fine. Um, white jeans. He's white jeans. Jalex. Um, but yeah, so she burns it. Nancy's like, that's, that's not great. Like any sort of, she goes around the house to see if she can find footprints or anything. But of course it was left on the front porch. So she's like, I'm not going to find anything. She doesn't. But yeah, so they have to figure out what's going on. Nancy gets the job at the club. Um, Ned finds out about it, and he's like, okay. So he comes over to the club to hang out with her, slash take her dancing on her date, and it, like on her little like lunch, whatever. They have like 15-minute breaks, whatever the fuck. So he's like, can you dance? And she's like, hell yeah, I can dance. 
And so they go out there and have a romantic dance. And I was like, thank you. Thank you, Ghostwriter, for understanding what I need from you. That's cool. You got, you understood the assignment. Um, anyway, so also like Nancy's making friends with all the people out back. And she was like, I hope that John doesn't know that I'm a local detective. And I was like, everyone else in River Heights does. Like the very concept of Nancy going undercover is hilarious at this point. When she calls John to get the job, he's like, well, I know that you're friends with Laurie. And he's like, so why do you want the job? And she's like, because my dad's birthday's coming up and I want to give him a present. And John's like, that seems fair. Jalex, that seems fair. Um, have you had waitressing experience? And Nancy's like, oh my God, yes. I am such a waitress. Oh my God. Which, to be fair, she does this pretty regularly. So, you know, she knows what she's fucking doing. Anyway, I love that she's like, but it's a, it's an undercover job though. So I can quote it at any time. Um, Nancy makes friends with the cook who, like, apparently some weird shit has been going on where she's like, you know, if it were anybody else would have quit by now. Um, like, just weird stuff. And Nancy's like, okay, okay. Um, the other weird thing that happens that night is that there's a, like, gas, not gas, I'm sorry, like an oil fire in the kitchen, like, where some cooking grease, that's what I meant, cooking grease, like, catches on fire, and it's, like, popping, and it's really bad. They have to evacuate the club, like, um, John runs in with a fire extinguisher, and he's like, that seems sus that you, and he's like, well, I know where the fire extinguishers are, and I was like, uh, yeah, that, that tracks. The other weird thing is that, like, John is talking to Nancy and he's like, oh, well, can you go to my apartment and pick up some papers that I need? And Nancy's like, thank you. Because she's deeply curious about his background. Nobody knows that much about his background. This is pre-Google. She can't, like, look up stuff easily about him. So, um, so she goes to his apartment and she, like, searches everything. She's like, this apartment is really, really sad. It's, it's just... It looks like somebody literally just moved in and they don't have many belongings. And so she goes into his bedroom where she finds, like, his, quote, office with his, like, desk and everything. She goes through everything. She finds a batch of letters from somebody named Sheila. And they're all written on pink paper. And they have perfume. And they're like, Sheila's saying, we're going to get married. And the Nancy's like, even down to, like, the color of the bridesmaid dresses. Sheila is in it. Sheila's in it to win it. There's a gap in the letters for two years, and then they pick up again recently, like, a few months ago. And it's her, like, pleading with him to, like, get back together. So, Nancy's like, okay, so, I don't know. She's also found out at this point, um, because I, shit. I don't remember how exactly she finds this out. I do know that Brenda Carlton shows up at the, she shows up at the club, and she's like, Nancy, what are you doing here? And Nancy's like, having a good time like you are. And Brenda's like, bullshit. You are here to investigate something. I'm going to find out what. And Nancy's like, whatever, bitch. There's also somebody else there that also has a last name, Carlton. And they're like, are they related? Which, as soon as she pops up, I was like, Brenda's in this one, bitch. If you're going to ask if Brenda's related, she's going to pop up. She's going to hear that. Anyway. So... Nancy has found out that John did two years in prison for, I think it was burglary, um, so that's fun, and that he, I think that she finds out that there was, they suspect that he was working with his uncle, or that he was somehow, like, tied up with his uncle, so, the two-year stretch, she's like, well, maybe he couldn't keep the letters he received in prison, and I was like, 
yeah, that's a perfectly logical explanation for the fact that you've got a gap in letters. So that makes some sense. Um, but she's curious about everything. There's, but there's not really a lot for her to find. So she takes the papers back that John needs and he's like, thank you. He is like, I don't know. I want to say that he's just so distracted by everything else he's got going on that he feels like it's reasonable to send Nancy to his house with his keys because he doesn't know she's a detective. But even I think even if he had known, he wouldn't have given a fuck because he's got so much shit going on, which is very weird. Um, Let me think. The other weird thing that happens is, like, Nancy goes to the club early because she wants to, like, see John or talk to John or, um, like, maybe see if she can find any clues about anything. Like, this might have been, like, the day after the grease fire. I'm not sure. But, um, she goes to the club and she finds one door that's open. She goes in and she sees, she hears, like, this haunting, sad romantic song. And out on the dance floor, she sees John, Jalex, and Pam, the waitress, who dumped that drink in Lori's lap. And they're very close to each other, like, holding each other and, like, looking at each other. And he's just like, is he cheating? Oh, my God. And, like, they're looking at each other, like, very intently. And then, like, Jalex backs up and he's like, I told you it's over. And Pam's like, I'm so mad at you. Like, I'm going to... She says something like, I'm going to fucking set you on fire. Or I'm going to tell everybody what you are. Something like that. Like, it's very dramatic. And it's like, they're going to... You are a criminal or some bullshit like that. And he's like... And he just walks away. And Nancy's like, okay. And she just, like, sneaks out at that point. She's like, I, I got to book it. I, I can't, mm, mm, this was intense. And also, it feels like he's cheating. So, there's that. So, you you know what kind of bitch I am. I do need to note, for the record, that there is a point where Ned's like, I'm going to take some time. Maybe we can have lunch together. I'm going to take some time off from the insurance company. Nancy and Ned pack a picnic lunch and have a good afternoon laughing and talking together. I was like, and banging. Oh my God. They found a, they found some all natural to bang in. There's, I hope there's no chiggers. Anyway, I'm going to need to write a missing scene from this book. You know this. Oh my God. Anyway, it's, it's very cute. Like Ned's in this book a lot. Like he pops up at the club a lot. He knows where she is. Um, he, he calls her to talk to her about the case. He's like, I'm not going to tell you to be careful. Cause you know, that that's how I always feel. Like he doesn't demand that she drop the case. He never does because he knows how that is. He knows that she ain't gonna. So there's that. Anyway, so, um, the next time, the next big thing that happens at the club actually is that the club fucking catches on fire. So, I think that this is the same day that, like, Nancy, Nancy, of course, is trying to get into John's office at the club because she's like, maybe I'm going to find more evidence or proof or hints about what the fuck's going on there. And she finds, like, she finds some canceled checks. I don't, I don't think she finds anything as, like, incriminating as a newspaper clipping or anything like that. But, um, but she does go through his desk and find some stuff. And Lori comes in and she's like, hey, um... I, I kind of told you to stop because like Nancy, uh, Nancy does like confront Don over some stuff and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And like, so Laurie gets defensive because like her parents have apparently found out that John has a past. What with the prison and are like, uh, because the thing that they're worried about, the thing that everybody else is worried about in the book is that Jalex is actually with, Lori because he wants her money in some way because again they have known each other for like three weeks and she's like I love him I love him forever 
anyway, so, and it's, it's very weird. Like Nancy, Nancy does keep it on him. She's like, I don't, because that weird conversation in the car, like, is he trying to like force this at what is going on? And so he, um, when she's watching him, she's like, he does genuinely seem to care about Lori. Like he does seem to Jamie Lee Curtis. He's like, he does seem to, she's, she's like, he seems inconsistent. It's very strange. So anyway, um, his uncle comes to the club and he's talking to his uncle and his uncle's like, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to keep him off forever or some bullshit and something like you said you were going to do something. And he's like, I was anyway, Nancy overhears some stuff and she's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. So that night, and I think it's after it is the same night. Um, the club catches on fire. Like, I don't remember how exactly, I think like Nancy's Ned's there cause he's at the club that night. Um, Bess and George are there. I think that it's one of the, anyway, the smoke, smoke is how they know it. They start trying to evacuate the club, which of course is packed with people. And it's at, like Nancy and her friends have to like coordinate people to get out of the exits. Nancy goes back in after she's gotten, um, I can't remember the first person she got out. Um, but the, the firefighters are there and she's asking around, has everybody seen like the main character? So she's like, has everybody seen John and Lori and everybody? So she is looking around, she hears somebody and she finds Pam at the doors to like, maybe some like storage area. So she gets Pam out. Pam's like coughing her face off, takes her outside, goes back in because she's like, she hasn't seen Lori. And she goes into John's office because she's like, maybe, maybe she's hiding in John's office or something. And when she calls for Lori, she hears Lori, but she hears her like through the vent and she's like, oh shit. So she goes to the doors where she found Pam and manages to, oh, she has to go back to John's office, grab some keys and find the key that's going to open that. Again, the place is like actively on fucking fire at this point. She finds the right key, gets into the basement because that's where the storage area is. And then the door shut behind her and she's and they're shut like that they're locked and Nancy's like son of a fucking bitch and she finds Laurie Laurie got smashed in the back of the head and dragged into the basement and left there to die and so Nancy's like son of a fucking bitch like they can't find their there's no way for them to there's nothing for them to use to get the doors open there's she's like we're gonna fucking die in here the doors start to get hot. Nancy's like, yeah, this is real bad. Um, but they do, Nancy does manage to move something and find like one of those little basement windows. And they do manage to get the attention of the firefighters and the firefighters drag them through the window and they're like, thank God. And then like John comes up and Nancy's like, where the fuck were you? And he was like, he says something. I don't remember what the fuck it was. The other thing is that like Adam was also in the club that night because while he loves Laurie slash hates her, he cannot stay away. And they find him, like, near the DJ booth and drag him out. So everybody does get out. Like, nobody dies in the fire. It, like, there's smoke inhalation, etc. Um, Adam also gets taken to the hospital and treated for, like, injuries to his hands. So. Um, so, yeah, they're all... Lori's taken to the hospital because... And, um... I think that, like, Laurie was taken to the hospital before John came out. And so Nancy was like, yeah, Laurie got taken to the hospital. And he's like, I have to go to her. And Nancy's like, okay, he does seem to care about her, but everything's super weird. Um, Everybody else is okay. So Nancy goes to the hospital to talk to Laurie. And she's like, do you remember anything about who did this to you? Do you remember anything? Like, a smell? A, did you catch a glimpse? And Laurie's like, no, somebody just walked up behind me and smashed me in the back of the head. So, 
Nancy's like, okay, so they, they dragged you down to the basement and left you to die. Like, uh, so the fire is clearly arson. So was, was getting you out of the way the intent or was it something else? Because when she goes back to the club the next day, John's there and the, everyone's there. The fire inspection people, the like, you know, everyone, there's the insurance. It's just that like, it looks like he tried to burn out the club to get the insurance money is what they're, that's what they're going with. The fact that his uncle was there, the fact that his uncle was kind of mobbed up, um, the, they were like, is he making money? He is actually making money at the club. That's the thing. So Nancy talks to him and she's like, can you tell me like anything about this? Jalex, um, whenever he got out of prison, he needed some, like basically some capital to start up his club. He was like, it's going to be great, but nobody was willing to finance it, but his shady uncle was. But of course, his shady uncle's like in with loan sharks or whatever the fuck. So Jalex has been paying them back. He just hasn't been able to afford the last payment for some reason, like he had to do repairs or some shit. So like, that's the thing. They're on his back about it. And so his uncle came to him and was like, look, we can make the money. All you need to do is basically case Laurie's house, make sure she's out of the way and we'll go rob it you're supposed to be like basically the point man. And that's what that, that conversation that she ever heard was about, where it was like, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of her. It was like to keep her out of the way. Cause Nancy's like, what did that conversation mean? And he's like, that's what that meant. Nancy's like, Oh, okay. But clearly Laurie's house hasn't been robbed and she, and he like refused to go through with it. So that's where they're at. So of course his uncle came by and was like, they're not gonna, you know, stay off forever. Nancy was like, so he was here when the fire started and, and John was like, he was with me the whole time and he left immediately. Like he did not want, you know, to be here with cops were going to be here. So I, he didn't do this. Nancy was like, okay. Um, hmm. All very strange. All very strange. So, oh shit. No, I'm sorry. Laurie doesn't, Laurie doesn't go to the hospital. Laurie doesn't go to the hospital. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, that happens later spoiler alert um so yeah i think laurie is basically treated for like the concussion smoke inhalation or whatever the fuck so um can i i remember okay so brenda also comes in because of course brenda's like if there's news i'm here and nancy's like if there's news then you're a bitch like <laughs> she fucking hates her so brenda comes in and she's like have you solved the case yet, Nancy? And Nancy's like, why don't you shut the fuck up? And Brenda's like, well, I found out some stuff. I went to Chicago and asked some questions. You're a star, aren't you, John? Jalex. And he's like, he seems to be um, kind of anxious about whatever she's going to say. And then he looks resigned to whatever she's going to say. And then Nancy pulls Brenda to the side because, of course, Brenda cannot help showing her entire ass. And Nancy's like, what are you talking about? And <laughs> although hilariously she knows Brenda and so Brenda's like have you heard about this and Nancy's like I don't have fucking time for this Brenda and then Brenda's like I'm gonna tell you about it and Nancy's like which is what I wanted all along Brenda sources have told her that John Jalex was on the professional dancing circuit in Chicago two years ago with his partner Sheila Day and Nancy's like okay and and Brenda's like just that and then there was maybe some kind of falling out or whatever the fuck. And then he went to prison for two years for a burglary. And Nancy's like, things I already know. Thank you for that. It was interesting to me that John would be apprehensive about this. Um, because I'm going to, I'm going to circle back anyway. But 
Laurie comes in and she's she finds out something about John that she didn't know. I don't know if it was like about his uncle or if it was something like because they're like, yeah, this the club was intentionally burned. Weirdly enough, the club is in pretty good condition based on everything else. Like, I think that I don't I don't know exactly where the fire started. They were like, we're seeing use of an accelerant or whatever the fuck, but they don't really explain. And maybe it was maybe it did start in the kitchen. But his office area is actually in pretty good shape. And um, so, anyway, I don't remember what the fuck happened that Lori was like, oh, my God. So, Lori goes outside, gets in her Mustang, and, like, speeds off. Like, she's very upset. And Nancy sees her and is like, shit, I got to help her. Like, she's she's upset. She's not behaving rationally. She needs to calm down. I need to, like, just, you know, be with her to make sure she's okay. Lori crashes her fucking car. Lori crashes her Mustang, like, into a tree. Um, She, like, had veered across the center line into the path of a truck, and then she tried to avoid it, overcorrected, and went off the side of the road. The truck driver actually stops and says, like, I've called for help on my CB radio. Because, again, they got no fucking cell phone, so CB radio is going to be the best bet. They go over there. Lori is like, looks like she's dead because again, she did a head on with a tree. Um, the the cops and an ambulance do show up and they're like, she's okay. We're gonna take her to the hospital. Like she's she's breathing. And Nancy was like, Lori, are you okay? And Lori, um, Lori, I think either right there or once they get her to the hospital, says my brakes wouldn't work. Like, I couldn't, I kept pushing the brakes, but they, they didn't work. And Nancy was like, oh, I thought that you were just so upset that you were just, like, not even paying attention to what the fuck you were doing. But, um, so Nancy goes back out to the scene of the accident, and she asks the mechanic who's there to, like, tow the car so they can repair it, or if they're going to be able to. I don't think they are. I think they're pretty sure it's totaled. But Nancy's like, can you check the brake lines? And the mechanic's like, yeah. And then he goes under the car, and he's like, yeah, they're cut. <laughs> just super casual as though that's a thing that happens and Nancy's like okay yeah that's bad she goes back to the hospital and Adam is being released from the hospital Adam's hands are both bandaged Ned has told Nancy previously that um Adam has the experience to do this like Adam would know where to how to cut brake lines but Adam was in the hospital all night because after the fire um his hands got damaged in the fire somehow and so it's like, yeah, it's really annoying, and, and I can't, you know, uh, I'm going to recover, but it's going to be a while. And so Nancy's like, it couldn't have been Adam. Also, John, when he found out that um, Lori had been taken to the hospital, like, freaked the fuck out and, like, went immediately to be with her. Like, he definitely did not seem to, like, and Nancy's like, I don't think it was John, based on everything he's told me. I don't, it couldn't have been Adam who did this, the person who's threatening Lori, basically. So she's like, who the fuck else is there? So Nancy goes back to the club. She had to have gone back to the club. And I think John's there too. And yeah, I think that everybody else has pretty much left. Because they go out there for whatever the fucking reason. I don't, I don't, I don't fucking know. But it's, it's the side of everything in this fucking book. Anyway, so they go in there and Pam's like, Nancy's like, Pam's not Pam. Because John's referring to, Nancy says something about Pam, and John Jalex says, Pam wouldn't, and Nancy's like, Pam is Sheila. 
Okay. So when they walk into the club, Pam slash Sheila is standing there and is like, so now we can be together. And Jalex is like, what do you mean we can fucking be together? And Pam, Sheila is like, I guess we'll just refer to Sheila as Sheila from this point. Sheila's like, I got her out of the picture for you. Now we can be together. Now we can finally be together. And Jalex is like, you are the one who did all this. And Sheila's like, yes. And so then he's like, I'm not going to be with you. I've already told you that. We were done. I'm I'm in love with Lori. And so Sheila, of course, pulls out a gun and is like, if she, if I can't have you, then no one can. And it's like super dramatic. And so she's like trying to shoot John and Nancy, Jalex. And so Nancy like tackles her and gets the gun away from her. Anyway, so it was Sheila the whole time. Sheila set fire to shit. Sheila was doing everything that she could to basically, like, I want you to be with me again. I want you to do, I want us to have the life that we had again. And Jalex was not interested in that. And that's what the whole point was. But clearly, Jalex knew that Sheila was Pam. Like, anyway. I guess he was like, maybe it'll help her get over it if she sees me with my new person. I don't fucking know. Anyway, so it it's over, and Lori's going to be okay, and yeah, yeah. Oh, the end of the book is actually kind of sad, like, because John Jalex goes to Lori, and he's like, now you know everything about me, and she's like, and I still love you, and he's like, look, I need to figure out what the fuck's going on with my life. He's like, so... I need to, I need to say goodbye for now, and, you know, if when I come back, we're in the right place for it, then we can get back together, and she's like, okay, and you're like, again, y'all had known each other for three weeks, and she was like, maybe we can get married, and so it makes sense that maybe, maybe take a breath, maybe take a breath when you're 18, and maybe don't commit your life to somebody who's got a lot of shit going on, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Okay, this is the thing that I'm thinking is happening. When I, if I had, okay, and I did read this when I was younger. I would have read all of this as completely straightforward. I would not have read any subtext into this. I would have just read it as a book where, like, this girl falls in love with this guy after three weeks, and it's just real, real weird. And anyway, the first thing that happened when I was reading it this time was I went, the professional dancing circuit. What? And partially because the the scene between the two of them where they're standing together, staring at each other's eyes when Pam and um, Sheila and Jalex are standing there looking into each other's eyes. And it feels very much like this would have been the kind of dancing they were doing. But that doesn't that also does not seem to be true. This is 1989. Let's say that he served his stretch recently and got out of prison recently. So we're talking like mid 80s ballroom. I'm Ballroom dancing. Professional ballroom dancing circuit. That does, again, that seems like a fiction that would have been completely made up for these books. Just completely. I was like, dancing with the stars. That doesn't make sense. But it does make sense if you back it out to, like, Magic Mike and Alex Pettifer. um, Or if you back it out to drag. Like, then it does make sense. That first off, professional dancing circuit... Like, if you want to say, like, scene, sure, then we are talking drag. Sure. That would make some sense. That would make a lot of sense to me, actually. this That would that would definitely mm, do some stuff. He's a guy who's interested in music and dancing. He is a lean but muscular. I was like, and when I was discussing this with another listener to the show, who is presumably listening right now, she was like, twink. And I was like, mm, it's it's giving that. It's giving that. So... If Jalex 
if that's what he was into mid 80s, if he was into like drag, if he was into like stripping, if he was into that sort of life, because again, there's all there's already the whole like I come from a family that's maybe like mobbed up, but I wanted to, you know, be different. That would make sense for when Brenda was like, oh, I know what you've done. And he seems alarmed that she's talking about that. Because again, if he was professional ballroom and even like even within the context of the book, if you said he was like a professional ballroom dancer, why necessarily would that be a thing that would be alarmed to be disclosed? Because he's a DJ at a club now. Like that's not that different of you know, that's not that big a jump. But the thing is that like, if he's, are they trying to impugn his masculinity? Is it like, oh, well, he was a dancer, like a dancer. And which I found interesting. I was like, this doesn't make a lot of sense. The other interesting thing to me is the fact that Sheila is playing a role in this book as Pam, but Sheila also like you have the overperformance of femininity with the letters that that Sheila is sending on the pink perfume paper, talking about their wedding, talking about all these plans that they have. Also being a super dramatic bitch. I was like, okay, so is Sheila actually a guy? Or gender fluid? And so Sheila, Sheila is a role that is performed. So it's, if we're talking drag, if we're talking full drag, then we could say that like John Jalex is, you know, performing, but also Sheila is his performance partner and it would make some sense there for your like Sheila is also a a man in drag if you want to put it that way and that would make sense to me in a lot of different ways where it's like I have to be feminine to pursue you in this in this world that you've gone into you've decided that you want to I guess quote go legitimate or whatever however you want to phrase it where he doesn't he wants to disassociate himself with that life which again goes back to whole Brenda saying he used to be a dancer and him being like alarmed by her maybe revealing that I was like okay mm, mm. so because that is that is the extent of Brenda's revelation okay that is it that's there's nothing more to it and again it's only alarming if there's something more to it so anyway so it makes some sense to me that Sheila is actually his Jalex's previous male partner who performed with him in drag who had romantic feelings for him who apparently I would again based on that scene where the two of them gazing into each other's eyes like there's clearly some emotion still there and then be like we can't be together I can't do this I can't do this and again with the whole like performing femininity in a way that's like very much like Sheila took a job at his club like as a subordinate uh, to be a waitress, to be near him. Sheila, and again, if you want to put it this way, Sheila apparently has the strength to knock Lori out and drag her prone body into the basement and lock her in. I was like, okay, so I'm, I can do this. I can, I can read this book this way, where Sheila is a guy and Sheila is a persona that the guy took on to be with John. Jalex. That makes some sense to me. That makes a lot of sense to me. And also with John at the end of the book being like, I need to kind of figure myself out. And me being like, mm. I mean, you got a lot going on, hon. No judgment. You got a lot going on. And maybe the whole like, it's it's interesting to me as well that John's like, I need to, I want to be legitimate now. And part of that involves a heteronormative relationship where maybe he's bi, maybe he's pan. Maybe it's just like he, he saw Laurie and he was like, 
And again, did he meet Laurie because his uncle wanted him to case her house and then he fell in love with her? Did he meet Laurie and he saw her as like his way to, uh, you know, quote, legitimacy? I, I don't know. The book does present John Jalex in a very sympathetic light where it's like Nancy's like he's he's living in bad circumstances. He's doing his best. He's trying his best to like make better of himself. He's he's tied up with some people that, you know, are not as you know, above board as one might want, but he's trying really hard. He gives her the fucking key to his apartment, like, fucking twice. He, um, yeah, he just, he seems like a little, little twink dumbass, where he's just, like, he's trusting people that he shouldn't be trusting. He's, you know, thinking that people have good intentions when they clearly don't. He lets Pam slash Sheila slash his former partner like be at the club with him and whenever all those attacks happen he clearly doesn't even have it in his head that that could be the reason behind it like when he's like oh sh- Pam wouldn't do that like I know Pam slash Sheila slash person and of course that because this is theory we don't have a person's name to put behind that but yeah that makes a lot of sense to me it does make a lot of sense to me I'm I hate that I'm kind of falling into the trope of like, oh, well, you have a a relationship between two people that is not straight, that one of them turns out to be like a completely shrill psycho bitch. But I mean, we were going to end up there anyway, like it was going to be misogynist or it was going to be kind of weird and panicky. So there is that. And also at the end of it, like Nancy wrestles the gun away from Pam slash Sheila slash previous partner and... Like, that, I think that, like, the person's just led away in cuffs, sobbing, as one does. I was like, extremely dramatic. Playing the feminine role, like, makes a lot of sense. Just, yeah, makes a lot of sense. So, that's my theory on this one. Also, also, Ned was super cute, and I love him. And, as always, he was formed in a lab to be Nancy's perfect partner. I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. Anyway. So good. So good. I also think that Carson was out of the country for this one because I was like, again, perfect banging opportunity, guys. Perfect banging opportunity. I'm going to have to write a missing scene. Next time, we're looking at the final scene, which is the one that I thought Last Dance was when I was talking about it. Um, This is the one where we're at a theater and some weird stuff happens. Honestly, like, it's it's going to be super fucking weird. I have not read this book in ages. I think that one of the Nancy Drew games is actually based on this one. I think it is. Final scene. I think I think so. I don't think I played it, though. My brain, for some reason, is not set up to play the video games. Like, it, it tries really hard, and it's like, I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> so, anyway, so that's what we'll do next time. So enjoy um if you have any previous dance partners just keep an eye on them maybe away from firearms just saying just saying and as always stay sleuthing my friends